Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hi there, it's Christy Lee here and welcome to episode number 107 of the People Powered Business Podcast. How are you? I hope you've been having a fabulous week and I'm excited to bring you this week's episode of the podcast because we are being joined by another special guest. Today we're chatting with Brett White from Be Leaders on the really important topic of developing our emerging leaders, our newest leaders in our organizations. Now, to give you a little bit of background about Brett, and he will, of course, introduce himself in a moment, but Brett is passionate about helping leaders, teams, and organizations to find their potential and develop a deeper understanding of themselves and the world around them so that they can create meaningful change. Brett works internationally with organizations. He's worked with more than 50 organizations and 350 leaders and influencers. He's a life coach, uh, works in thought dynamics, organizational leadership, and he runs So he's pretty happy to be traveling again. He runs lots of face-to-face training workshops as well as working online and he's a keynote speaker throughout Australia, New Zealand, Pakistan, Singapore and Cambodia. And Brett has a particular passion for working with communities in Cambodia on their leadership. So spends quite a bit of time there, but is based here in Australia generally. Now, Brett's real passion is around supporting, identifying and assisting emerging leaders within organizations. And I really wanted to have Brett on the podcast to chat to us about that because to be fair, it's something that I don't think we do particularly well a lot of the time. Working with organizations over the last 20 years, what I've noticed is that there is a tendency to promote people who are technically very good at their jobs and have proven to be reliable, great employees um, who are, as I said, very skilled at their position without giving them any leadership training. And do you know what? Leadership doesn't come naturally to everyone. I recall a situation some years back now where exactly that had happened. Uh, the business I was working with, they were in the medical field, were appointing a few people to fairly senior end team leader roles. I wouldn't call them a team leader in the real world, more of a department manager type position. And of course, they went through the process of asking people to express their interest and appointing people based on their application uh, from an internal pool of applicants. And the people that got the jobs were the people who were excellent at their technical role. But from that point on, they did nothing to help these people transition into leadership. And about six months in, one of them called me, quite distraught actually, and shared with me that she hated her leadership role. She thought the only way to get ahead in the organization was to take that next step into leadership. But she'd been given no training, no guidance, no support on becoming a leader. They just expected it to come naturally. And whilst this person may have very well learnt leadership with the right support, she was just left high and dry. And the poor thing, it crushed her confidence because she was exceptional at her job. 
and just really had her rethinking her entire career. And I don't think it's fair that we do that to people because we need to give people leadership, support, training, opportunities in order for them to become great leaders, which they, of course, can be. So I wanted to get Brett on the podcast to really unpack how we can identify our future leaders in our business because not everyone is an ideal leader and not everyone wants to be a leader. And then once we have identified the right people, what should we be doing to help support them towards a leadership role and then transition into a leadership role? So I really hope you enjoy our chat with Brett. Let's welcome him on now. Brett, hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Great to have you here. You and I have had a few discussions in the past and it's been a bit of time we've been coordinating to have you here. So I'm thrilled that you're here. Now, I did let everyone know a little about you in the intro, but why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself in your own words and tell everyone a little bit about yourself and and what you're most passionate about right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, leadership development is, I guess, my big passion. Um, I've had my own business, Be Leaders, for about nine years, and we predominantly do a whole range, I guess, executive coaching, team development, uh, team coaching. Uh, you know, we, we dabble in the um, kind of employee engagement space a little bit as well. And predominantly, I would say the thing that drives me, it's not what I do all the time, but the thing that drives me is working alongside emerging leaders who are leading in difficult circumstances, countries or cultures. Um, and that's led me to do a lot of work in places like Cambodia and Pakistan uh, over the last kind of six or seven years, which has been very exciting. And yeah, just working alongside leaders who who are young, emerging, and don't necessarily have, you know, all the things that we might have here in our context um, as far as resourcing, um, you know, training and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I love getting the light alongside uh, leaders that really step up and have a go um, and just help doing what I can to kind of help them uh, in their journey of leadership. But obviously a lot of what I do in that context, um, you know, I'm doing that kind of as a pro bono type um, setup. And so therefore a lot of the work that I do um, in the corporate kind of space or big organizations uh, helps fund that, which is good. <laughs> you get the best of both worlds. In that's that right. Sense, that's then. right. I mean, I, I love both, but I, you know, if someone, if you ask me my passion, it's definitely, um, you know, would be working alongside leaders in those kind of difficult or complicated uh, contexts. Right. And I think that's why it's so great that today we're chatting about our emerging leaders or our future leaders in our businesses. Because I think, to be fair, it is a topic that doesn't get given enough airtime nor enough time and attention and resources. I I think we have a tendency or we have had a tendency to just plonk people into leadership roles and assume that they'll figure the leadership part out or that they've got some sort of natural toolkit to to pull on. And it's it's just not the case, is it? No, not really. I mean, I think depending on the size of the organisation, people kind of fall into leadership roles um, or, you know, they might get just wake up one day and be told that, oh, this is what you're doing now. Um, or there is that kind of progression of ladder climbing, um, you know, particularly in some of the corporate spaces. And to be honest, none of those work real well. Um, and, and that often leaves young leaders feeling unsupported, um, disempowered, thrown in the deep end, um, under-resourced, and, and, and therefore they can become quite uh, hesitant 
in in being uh, the leaders that I believe that they probably can be. Mm, yeah, I agree with that. In my experience, what I see businesses do is they find their best technical person yeah. in whatever field they're in, the person that's exceeding in their current role, and they kind of mark those people as the next leader. And that's, I don't think, a great strategy, and I've seen it certainly come undone. What's your opinion on that? Are our best technical people necessarily the best leaders for our business? They may be, they may be, um, I guess. But as you said, just because they're, you know, strong in a specific role or function um, or quite, as you say, you know, technical, um, they may be leading in that particular context, but not necessarily that equates to them being a strong leader uh, or even a potential leader. Um, because most of what I see in leadership is a, has to be around people, mm. has to be around leading people, has to be around, you know, leading teams, has to be around building trust. And those things um, are quite different to, you know, the someone who ha- who's quite, you know, they're really good at what they do. Mm. Um, and as you say, often what happens is, you know, they're really good at a specific role and function uh, and they may even, you know, excel in that. Uh, and then they get kind of shifted into this leadership space and leadership role uh, and they fall down because they're good at the technical aspect of the job but not necessarily in leading and gathering, inspiring and, um, you know, leading people. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. Someone who is a good technical lead not necessarily a great people leader. And, That's right. and often they actually don't want to be a leader. That's the other no. experience that I've had. They're, they're reluctant leaders. They're sort of put there and and I think you're right, that career climbing, that uh, that ladder climbing, they think that that's the only next option. Yeah. And um, I'm thinking of a particular scenario. A few years back I was working with a radiation and oncology business and they needed people to step up into leadership and one of their technical leads who was brilliant at her job put her hand up because she thought it was the only option in terms of growing her career she was very ambitious got the role stepped into the leadership role and about and I and I watched with interest because I had picked that possibly leadership wasn't going to be her favorite thing to do (laughs) Um, and about three months in she called me and says I've got a bit of a problem. I absolutely hate this job. Yeah, yeah. And she, um, I really applauded her for stepping up and saying it because I think a lot of people wouldn't have. And she really acknowledged that she loved the technical aspect and she did want to pursue, you know, higher levels of career there, but leading people was not her thing yeah, and yeah. she just didn't have the appetite for it and, in fact, really just felt, you know, sad coming to yeah, work yeah, because yeah. she just all of her value of being a great technical lead had been removed when she felt like she wasn't doing well and wasn't enjoying that role. And I think um, that can be a really common, you know, scenario. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if an organisation only has one pathway for progression, um, it can be really challenging. I think organisations and businesses need to create different pathways for progression so Mm -hmm. that people can grow where they're in their strengths, what they're what they're naturally good at. Um, Absolutely, I think that's really important. You know, again, depends on the size of the organisation. Um, but yeah, I think you know, as bigger organisations need to make sure that they are developing different pathways for progression and growth. Um, and I think that's key in developing a a, a healthy organisation. 
Mm, absolutely. So if we're looking at our team and, and we know that we need future leaders, yep. what should we be looking out for in our people to help us identify who these emerging leaders are in our teams? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's probably one of those questions that if you ask 10 people, you get 10 different mm. answers. Um, and, you know, this, you know, even defining what leadership is, uh, there's a whole bunch of different, um, I guess, you know, definitions that people would use. I guess from my experience, because it, because it's for me, leadership is so focused on people and relationships. Absolutely. That, that's, that's naturally what I'm looking for. I'm looking for people who naturally gather other people, um, that they are very curious. Um, you know, they're, they're constantly asking questions or asking why. You know, you obviously they need to be committed um, to the journey. Um, and I think for me, high empathy is actually mm. a really core quality that I see often missed, um, talked about in leadership. And I think it's an absolutely critical um, leadership behaviour uh, that people need to uh, learn and grow in. Um, and also someone who's really open to feedback. I think for me, a great leader not only gives great feedback, but is constantly asking for and, and inviting people to give them feedback so that they can uh, grow and become uh, better. So, mm. so for me, it's it's definitely around leadership behaviours, uh, you know, uh, and, and behaviours that to me are demonstrated daily. So not necessarily you know, skills, although they're important, mm. um, but skills can be learned and developed. But I think looking for those people who demonstrate some of the kind of core leadership behaviours daily that are connected to kind of leading people, people development, building trust, uh, those kind of things to me is what I would be looking for over and above someone who, you know, you know may be really good at a, a specific task, um, or role or function, um, but looking for people kind of who have that more, I guess, people-centric. And they can still be task-oriented and, yep. and be great leaders because, you know, leadership, there's a lot of tasking in leadership. Mm. Um, but but I think just having that, the behaviours and the awareness around, you know, their blind spots and growth and development be, you know, open and vulnerable uh, around their development, I think, for me, that's what I'm looking for. Mm. Yeah, I think two really good points that you've made there that I found really interesting. Number one, curiosity. I mm. I'm, I'm I love curiosity. I talk about it all the time. Like, just get curious because yeah. you just learn so much more. You ask better questions. You see different insights. And I think it is one of the most underrated skills or attributes. Yeah. That we I see generally in our people. I just think it's so valuable to have someone who is genuinely curious on your team and for you to be genuinely curious. So I really loved that you pulled that out as a, a trait of a potentially mm. great leader and also the empathy piece because if I think if a leader is not able to see other points of view, to understand perspectives, to understand everyone's journeys, they're never going to be able to build that strong trust that, no. that they need in order to pull the team in the direction they need to. So I think they're two, and I think they're two things that you won't see written down in a lot of leadership textbooks or even hear leadership experts talk about, but I think no. I, I agree they're fundamental. Yeah, I would I would see they are 
probably two of the core um well you know that that kind of daily leadership behaviors that i believe are really important for leaders to develop is that curiosity and empathy mm-hmm. as you say i think you know you meet a curious leader and I, they can be infectious you want to hang around them um but yeah. someone who kind of is not curious kind of tells you everything that they know yeah. doesn't ask questions um and makes a lot of assumptions to me yeah they're not the kind of leader I would want to work alongside or under. Um, so I think it is two really important aspects of leadership. Mm. And when you think about, you know, and, and you listeners can be thinking about leaders that you've worked with in organisations or in your business, you'll start to actually identify these traits. I mean, I think straight to a leader that I was working with in, in quite a large organisation some years ago, and it was an organisation that was very short of good leaders, I'll have yeah. to admit, great managers, not so great leaders. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. this individual came into the business and he, you know, straight away you could see he had it. And I remember sitting in his office one day and I said, how are you managing all of this? You've got some really hard work, you know, ahead of you. And he, he said, simple, seek first to understand that famous quote. And that's how he yeah. approached everything. So when you... Think about the leaders you've worked with or, or had exposure to that you straight away identify as strong leaders. You can see these, you know, key characteristics, I think. Yeah, uh, often I'll ask that question to a team or, uh, you know, a leader to identify the key leaders in their own life that have impacted and influenced them the most and then tell me what they were like. Mm. Um, and nine times out of 10, they're not, they don't tell me how educated they were or what degree they had or, you know, what book they'd sold or, you know, or, or even necessarily their hard skills. They'll tell me that, oh, they listened to me, they mentored me, they walked alongside me, they understood me, they gave me opportunity, um, you know, and I, I and so I go, well, if that's the kind of leader that has influenced you the most, then that's the kind of leader you need to be. Exactly. Exactly. Now, one thing I don't think we do well across the board is really support our future emerging leaders. I just see businesses expect that leadership is a skill that someone will either kind of figure out on their own or have some sort of natural skill with. And look, it's simply not the case. Leadership is a skill that we all need to learn and continue to learn throughout our journey. So how how can we best support our emerging leaders? If we've identified that there's someone on our team who is absolutely going to be a future leader in our business, what should we be doing to really help support them in that journey? Well, I'd say the answer to a lot of these questions are for me is around leadership mentoring. And so I just think it's so important that emerging leaders have quality leaders who are prepared to actually walk alongside them and mentor them um, or, you know, coach or, I mean, or, or just be there as a support. Um, you know, I think that's missing a lot um, out there in the world. I think having, you know, I think if a young leader, we want them to step up and have a go, take some risks, uh, be vulnerable, be curious I think, one, we have to give them permission to fail Mm. and create a culture where that's okay because that's seen as part of the learning journey. Mm. Um, And I think having someone who walks with them and alongside them, for me, that makes their leadership journey so much more enjoyable um, and less, I guess, I don't know what the word would be, like fearful of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, because I think if someone's fearful as they're stepping forward in the leadership journey, they're never going to be at their best 
No. They're never going to take the right risks at the right time because they're terrified of the consequences and they're, they're therefore not going to grow. So I, I agree that you've got to remove that element of fear. And I think having a mentor or many mentors or people that they can talk to is vital and that could come in all forms I guess couldn't it you could have people yeah. within your organization or within your network or you seek support from professional businesses like yours that offer that kind of service or it could be a combination of all those things yeah yeah I agree and I think um, one of the things that often deflates or disempowers an emerging leader is kind of the micromanage yeah. kind of approach where they kind of feel like they don't have the freedom to be, to learn, to express, to be vulnerable, to take risks, to fail. Um, and I think if they have that permission, they that's when they flourish. And I think that's where we get the most out of our younger uh, emerging leaders. Uh, and I think, you know, businesses and organisations need to be thinking about how how are we investing into our future leaders? Mm. Um, you know, having having certain um, you know leadership development kind of programs or you know pathways, structures, things set up that actually will empower uh, emerging leaders to grow and flourish because we need them. <laughs> we yeah, do, absolutely. Know. Yeah, and I think you know if you think of the the alternative opportunity, which is to hire a new leader into your business. Yeah. You get so much more by having someone that's coming from within your organisation because they already get they're already values values aligned. They already get the culture. They already get yeah. what you do. Having someone new come in, they've got to relearn all of that. Then they might, you know, sometimes want to make their own mark on things and change things up. So there's a whole lot less resistance and complication if you're bringing someone up through your organisation than trying to fill from the top down um, in terms of that whole recruitment piece as well, I think. Yeah. So I think it can save a lot of pain at that end. I absolutely agree. I think, you know, as you said, if you have someone within who's already aligned to the culture and the values and the direction and the vision of an organisation or a business, uh, whether that's, you know, a not-for-profit or corporate, doesn't really matter, mm. um, and you already know what they're like, right? You, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you've tested them a little bit, you know where their integrity's at, uh, you know, you know where the trust levels at, um, and so bringing that, le- developing that person, um, I believe, is much more fruitful, and for the business and also for the person. Then, mm. um, as you say, kind of bringing in the outside, and that doesn't mean that's not doesn't need to happen sometimes as well. Bringing yeah. in the external, um, that you know that has its place as well. Mm. But I definitely think if you can ha- if you have a leadership development kind of program where you are developing young leaders and giving them opportunities, uh, to me, I agree absolutely. Um, those people are already on board mm. and they'll be more on board when someone sees their potential and gives them that opportunity. Absolutely. It's it's a retention strategy in itself um, yeah. in terms of keeping people in your business engaged longer. And I know you do a bit of work in that space, space of engagement. Yeah. Um, and something you mentioned earlier that I think is really important is this risk that we run of stepping into this micromanagement um, role. And I think part of the issue here is when we're delegating, and, and this might be particularly true for business owners rather than leaders in corporate, when we're delegating leadership and we're trying to give someone a bit of rain, sometimes we'll sort of delegate the task, but really we don't give them the responsibility because we keep jumping mm-hmm. in and, and sort of taking that responsibility. 
And I think, would you agree that really sort of defeats the purpose in terms of giving someone really the, the capacity? Yeah, I think it defeats the purpose, but I also think it disempowers the person. Mm. Um, and and they're not going to stay engaged if they're constantly feeling disempowered. It almost can feel like they are not trusted. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, that's a massive thing for a young leader. If they don't feel they're trusted in their role, mm. um, they're not going to stay around, that's for sure. No. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, it not only defeats the purpose, but I also think the the long-term cultural impacts on a team or an organisation um, are damaging um, moving forward. Mm, absolutely. And are you seeing any trends with, I guess, generationally where we're at at the moment in the workplace with the younger leaders coming through now? Are they looking for different support mechanisms or different things from us as businesses than, you know, the Gen X leaders that were coming through some time ago as an example? Yeah, I think one of the big shifts that I've noticed recently, maybe the last few years and uh, have done quite a lot of work with young people is that young people today, they don't just want to be a part of, you know, a good organisation that's making money. They want to be a part of something that's actually contributing to a better world. And, and that's, you know, it's great. It's also, I think, a massive challenge for some businesses and organisations around, you know, how you do that and how you bring that piece of alignment uh, into an organisation. But one of that's one of the things I've noticed is, young people today you know they won't they won't align themselves to an organization that they don't feel somewhat connected to from a values and a purpose perspective Um, so it's not just the end game it's not just a good job with a good office and a good pay packet that they actually want more than that and i think to me that's been a a big shift and i think one of the challenges for particularly i think for well-established kind of organisations or companies or corporate business is that that's not necessarily a piece that they've worked with or worked on, um, you know, over the years because it hadn't hasn't been something that's been needed. Mm. Uh, and I actually find there's a little bit of resistance, particularly from the more kind of senior, yep. I guess, that old school mm-hmm. way of leading Um but I do think it's something that, you know, ultimately we have to all be looking at. I'd agree. I definitely am seeing that trend. That and, and it has been a trend that's, you know, been going for a while now. You know, it started as I don't want to be just a number hmm. and it started to make smaller businesses more attractive than big corporates, but it's gone a whole lot further now. And I, I agree that there has to be a sense of connection to the business, the brand, and it doesn't mean that you can only get great leaders in organisations that have some kind of, you know, um, social or community or environmental slant to them. That's not the case at all. It's just about being firm on what your values are and and values are not something you just write on the wall. That's not how it works. And, and yeah. I agree. I do see businesses, particularly with certain types of leaders and, and management teams, that just don't invest and have no appetite to invest any time or energy into really fleshing this out and understanding it and embodying it because, of course, that's really important. And they struggle. They struggle to get staff and they certainly yep. struggle to get quality leaders. And and probably younger ones as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, I do a bit of work with a, a quite a large lawyer firm and one of the things that they've done really well is, is exactly that transition, um, you know, their firm into 
you know, doing things and being a part of things that actually make a difference. And so, as you said, it's not that they're, you know, they're not community focused or doing social enterprise or that kind of stuff, but they really believe that what they do is helping to contribute to the lives of people and, and that's their buy-in. And so younger, um, you know, lawyers are really attracted to that because they can learn and practice law, but in a context where they actually feel that the bigger picture of the organization is about making our world a better place. Yeah. Um, and so I think example. anyone yeah. can do it, you know, mm. I think, um, you know, and I think that's the challenge I think for organizations is to continue to create that shift. Mm. Um, otherwise I think they will lose good people um, that they don't need to lose um, who just want that piece of alignment and you know values piece that that they can connect to and believe in and feel like they're actually a part of something that is bigger than them if yeah. that makes sense yeah I absolutely agree with with all of that insight and I think it is something that businesses need to not just be aware of but get on top of um, and you know lawyers accountants it doesn't matter you can do it it's absolutely doable absolutely yeah yep. so it's, it's achievable and are there any, I guess, mistakes that you see businesses make when it comes to emerging leaders that they they could fix and stop doing or start doing that could help them be better mentors and guides and um, workplaces for emerging leaders? Well, I think we go back to some of the things that we spoke about yeah. earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Stay curious, I think, for a start. Yeah. Um, and instead of constantly trying to tell someone what to do, is be curious about their journey. Um, and so stay curious if you're a senior leader or a mentor, um, you know, be as curious as you possibly can, you know, learn empathy, practice um, list, great listening skills. You know, I, I, I think that, again, that's a lost art, is <laughs> the oh. art of truly listening to someone. Um, you know what, I'm trying to think what the saying is, but, you know, listen to understand, not to respond. Mm. And I think, you know, it's a very different way of listening. Uh, yes. So I think just some of, I mean, this, to me, they're simple, but they're actually sometimes hard to implement. Um, and so, yeah, I'd say some of those things be, be clear around expectations. I think mm. that would be another massive one. Mm-hmm. I find often a young leader will step into a role and the, expectations are really quite vague um, right. not communicated well you know and I always talk about the idea that you know expectations need to be communicated clarified and agreed upon mm-hmm. before they're actually valid expectations and so often I hear these horror stories um, where there's been a whole bunch of expectations but not agreed on, not really clarified, not communicated properly. And so that then creates this sense of kind of frustration and disappointment. And so I think, yeah, having really clear expectations, I think, and trying to give as much rope as you can um, for these younger emerging leaders to to try and experiment and explore, um, take risks and get to know who they are and definitely do something around leadership development um, for them, you know. Yep, exactly. We provide all the technical training. 
we need to be providing this kind of training as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that that piece around expectations is so true. They actually can't read our mind. That's a fact. <laughs> um, and so if we don't get it clear, and I think being really clear about, you know, not only what to do and when, but, but what are the parameters of the decision-making, of the responsibility, of when they need to escalate or not escalate, because that can be the bits that, they're, you know, reluctant to step forward because they're not, they don't want to overstep the mark. If the mark's really clear that you've got free reign up until this point and beyond that you need to escalate or you need to do something else, they'll work with that if yeah, the expectation's clear. And, and just, uh, uh, you know, I think, as you say, like that expectations around role, around function, around reporting, around, you know, what do I need to ask permission to do, you know, where is my freedom and where is not my freedom? Um, I think those things are really important. I think, you know, as a if you're a senior leader or a mentor, again, I would say one of the biggest things that you need to do well is build trust. Oh. So build trust with these emerging leaders because you want them to come to you. You want them to be honest and real and vulnerable. You want them to feel safe in asking for help, saying, I don't know, the answer to that or, you know, I made a mistake. Uh, and those things to me are really critical at kind of every, I, I say building trust is probably the foundation mm. of building great teams uh, and great uh, successful organisations. If the trust isn't there, it impacts everything. Oh, a thousand percent. I'm thinking of the Simon Sinek quote. I'm a huge Simon Sinek fan. Um, yeah. A team is not a group of people that work together. It's a group of people who trust each other. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and I think think trust is fundamental and we um, we need to focus on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Patrick. I think Patrick Lencioni's work on the five dysfunctions of team, he, yeah. again, says that the bottom rung is, um, is trust. You know, mm-hmm. if there's an absence of trust, you can't, there's nothing to build on. You can't do conflict well. You can't. You won't get commitment. You won't achieve results. There's no accountability. All those kind of other pieces that you know come upon that. So yeah, I think one of the things that senior leaders can do well or do better is how are they building trust with those people around them, beneath them, alongside them. Mm, it's a yeah. great question. Not always easy to answer, but it is a great question. Yeah, but that, that's going back to what you said. Get curious, ask the questions, mm. and then you'll figure it, figure out what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Well, yeah. Brett, thank you for joining us on the podcast. That has been a great discussion. And My pleasure. If you are looking at emerging leaders in your business or you know that you should be, I hope you've taken something um, from this discussion. Now, Brett, if people want to reach out um, and contact you, where is the best place for them to connect with you? Um, just leaders.com.au. Um, most details are kind of there on the website. My email is brett at bleaders.com.au. So if people want to shoot me an email, I'm happy to have a conversation with where people are at and see if there's anything that, you know, we can do to help, particularly in that space of organisational health and leadership. Wonderful. And I'll put uh, links to all of that in today's show notes um, so you can go and grab the links there. So, Brett, thanks again. It was great to chat to you. Thanks for being on the podcast. I kind of feel we could talk all day, but um, (laughs) it was good. (laughs) Appreciate having me on. Thanks, Brett. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Brett, for joining us here on the podcast. I really hope you all enjoyed that conversation and it's, I guess, got you thinking about how you're going to approach new leaders in your organization in terms of helping them, developing them, supporting them to get the skills that they need. 
and the importance of doing that to really ensure that not only they're successful, but also for the success of your business. Now, if you would like to uh, connect with Brett, I'm going to put all of his details in today's show notes where you'll be able to find uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. His website is simply bleaders.com.au, but I'll pop in his contact details, his LinkedIn details, and all of those things into today's show notes. That's a wrap for today. Thank you so much for joining us, and I'll chat to you again next week on the People Powered Business Podcast. <laughs>